the holidays are just around the corner and we know how much of a struggle it can be to head into this season knowing you'll be faced with temptation around every corner from family gatherings and dinners to work parties to the depression that comes from being alone for some we're here to talk about what we've learned and how we've gotten through all the challenges that come with getting through the holidays sober Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Steve and Julie. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, and how we create a life so full, there's no space left for alcohol. Before we get started, we just want to remind you how much it helps us each time you share our episodes with others, whether it's just mentioning it to a friend or posting a link on social media or sharing with your own sober community. Getting the word out there helps our podcast reach more listeners and hopefully support them in their own recovery. So please, if you love what you hear, consider spreading the word. All right. Hey, everybody. So happy to be here with you guys. Really excited about these guests today. And I think this is going to be just a fantastic, fantastic and very valid conversation. So as usual, we're going to do our introductions since Catherine is here and returning for a second time. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, Okay, I'm Catherine. I'm from a small town in Texas, and I am just 12 days shy of being 23 months sober. All right. Amazing. Super cool. And two years is like just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And then next we're going to go with Steven. Hello. My name is Steven and I am in, I live in West Central Florida and I'm 49 years old and I am in recovery for right two and a half years. Right on. Awesome. Okay. Really cool. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for patiently waiting for so long to finally be a guest. We're really happy to have you. And then last but not least, we have Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm also 49 years old. Hey, hey. I've been sober for about seven and a half years and I reside in Sterling, Virginia. And I uh, I had already prepared to say more, so I feel like I'm already going to be the talkative one. But I <laughs> I also uh, I I came prepared. I'm kind of an overachiever. But yeah, I recently have gone on um, disability because I had a stroke. So this is something that is um, is a huge deal for me right now as I continue to practice the program and put my sobriety first. And through that, I've I started a web uh, a podcast also called Recovery Daily Podcast, and have a website recoverydailypodcast.com. So, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for being here, and we'll make sure we include your podcast and your website in the show notes. So, to all of our listeners, make sure you check that out, and you can get in touch with all of these awesome people that way. So, yeah, so the holidays are just around the corner and this can be a really tough season for anyone trying to stay sober. So let's talk about our experiences with the holidays and share what we've learned. What's been hard in the past? And is there anything coming up that you think might be difficult 
feel free to jump in with your experiences. This is kind of a free for all and we will just have a conversation about it. My sobriety day is December 14th. So I decided to quit drinking right before Christmas. And, you know, it comes after Christmas, freaking New Year's. <laughs> and um, it was really hard because when I first quit drinking, me and my sister were fighting. Um, I've got a twin and we don't always see eye to eye. And um, we were fighting and we hadn't talked. And then Christmas rolls around and she comes to my mom's and she throws a shot of fireball at me. And that was like her way of making things up like, hey, we're best friends again. And so I just like toss it back at her. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sober, at least for right now, you know. And I really didn't think I was going to make it through that Christmas. But somehow, by the grace of God, I did. But I think the hardest one for me would be like New Year's, New Year's Eve, definitely, because I'm like a social butterfly. I've got a lot of friends. I'd always hit up the New Year's Eve parties and and I honestly like I mean getting through it sober has just it's really opened my eyes to who who I surround myself with and and how my family really truly is and and it's just honestly like sober holidays seem to suck less than drunken holidays (laughs) that's a good thing that's a good thing um what are you gonna do for new year's this year do you have a plan yet every these last it's insane because I'm almost two years sober and but this is like round three of holidays so it's like my third holiday and uh, I've just been going over to a really good friend of mine's house and um, they all 100% like fully support me and they go off and they take shots like in a corner and they don't surround me with shots and and everything so that's actually really I respect them a lot for that and and, uh, I mean I just do the same thing it's just getting a lot easier to to be around it and honestly like it doesn't even bother me anymore being around alcohol and I can still party and have a good time you know and drink my sparkling apple cider (laughs) at midnight or or have eggnog without whiskey in it I mean for Christmas and I don't need wine with my turkey so I was never a wino anyway (laughs) so I mean it's it's not it's not too it was hard at first I'm not gonna say it was easy you know I think we all know it yeah are always going to be there, especially if your families are are big into drinking and celebrating all with the festivities of vodka in the morning, you know, while making dressing or whatever. But it's it's okay. Like I'll just switch it with my sparkling water or you know my athletic and a beer. It's it's getting a lot easier for sure. But you know, I've I've learned that you don't need alcohol to enjoy a holiday because either way you're still around people that you might not want to be around because gosh who likes aunt linda right (laughs) (laughs) amazing (laughs) no seriously i don't think i could have handled a lot of drinking and like a new year's eve party when i was uh, less than a month sober i don't think i could have done it my family's not big into drinking and for New Year's, like we always just, for the most part, we either stay home or just, you know, go to like a friend's house with a couple people. But I, for me, like the first 90 days of my sobriety was staying away from stuff like that and staying at home and protecting myself with ever because I just did not trust myself. So I think it's amazing that you made it through that. And it probably felt great to get to the other side of it, I would bet, and still be sober. Yeah, for sure did because I really wish I would have done what you did and not have surrounded myself with the parties and the festivities and, you know, just kind of 
stayed away from bars and stuff, but I jumped right into it, you know, feet first, uh, with going to bars, like barely two weeks sober, going to parties, you know, I've almost just thrown it away multiple times being like, oh, why is it, you know, I was sober for a week. My liver will be fine, you know, <laughs> like it'll rebuild itself again. So it's just, it's one of those things is I'm telling you, like by the grace of God that I am still sober because I just, I never pumped the brakes. I just stopped drinking. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, you were going to say. Yeah, I was going to say the, a big holiday. Well, they're all big drinking holidays for me. Um, Halloween, which we just enjoyed, was a huge drinking holiday, not because I was partying with other people, but because I was sitting out on the front porch dressed up like Michael Jackson, drunk, uh, I was a wino, and handing out candy. And this year, even after seven and a half years, I absolutely enjoy enjoy myself more handing out candy and talking to the little kids it, it's more of a a child's holiday now as it should be after we ran out of candy i actually walked my dog around the block and and i felt sad i i can't help that i still grieve sometimes the memories of drinking and you know it's it's the same thing like Christmas morning rolls around. I can't help but think that a, a mimosa belongs in my hand. But um, I have gone through seven Christmases without a mimosa in my hand. And I still, you know, I play the tape forward every time. I it It's not that it doesn't enter my mind. It's just that as soon as it enters my mind, I, I let it go and welcome more uh, joyful memories and not just what has passed with not drinking, but things to come without drinking. And I've learned so much about myself. I didn't know I could have fun without drinking. I certainly thought that when I stopped drinking, my entire life was over. Any sort of fun was never going to happen again for me. But I've I've learned that I'm actually kind of funny and <laughs> energetic without the the wine, and I think that probably other people enjoy me being around a little more. I think um, in retrospect, I was probably trying to entertain, you know, thinking that I needed to entertain everybody at every holiday event when actually. I needed to just sit back and let other people enjoy their holiday. I'm not so sure I was doing that. I think I was trying to be the center of attention a little bit. I think Christmas parties for work were a real struggle for me, but I don't have those anymore. So uh, I'm kind of a little, a little happy that I don't have to face that challenge this year because I'm not working this year. So. I've actually found that I am kind of a boring person. <laughs> when you when you say I'm still fun, like so New Year's for me, my husband and I would always, you know, buy fancy drinks and make, you know, we would we would drink a lot and still try to be fun for the kids and let the kids stay up. And I would like plan activities and try to be super mom. And I'm sure that that just went downhill as the night wore on and I was 
probably <laughs> slurring and stumbling and what I don't remember most of them. Yeah. I am so happy and content to just like sit well and, and my kids are older now, so they're not home on New Year's, right? So it's just me. Sometimes my husband's home, sometimes he's not. I'm really content to just sit and watch a movie or hang out and read yeah. or whatever. It doesn't bother me and it doesn't me even make me feel sad. Like I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I've just realized that I'm very fond of my peace and I mm-hmm. will absolutely take my peace on New Year's Eve or on Christmas Day or whatever over anything else that I ever tried to create for myself with drinking. Oh, I sleep on New Year's Eve every year now. That's what I do. <laughs> it's my gift. It's my gift to myself. Absolutely. Stephen, what do you think? Wow. So, yeah, I've been thinking about this topic a little bit and and listening listening to y'all uh, just now. Yeah, I think people can struggle around the holidays in two different ways. One, with like with Catherine, like that the party, like the holidays, the party, you know, New Year's, and I, I get it. My birthday's on New Year's Eve, so I, I get it. But there's another component with people and I, and I think it would be more suffering than partying, right? So, you know, there's there's a lot of people that you know they you know they're alone on the holidays. You know, they're not with their loved ones anymore. They've lost their job. They, you know, all you know, a million things that you can think about to be, you know, to go back to using or drinking or whatever. Um, and the holidays just seem to kind of compound that. But that's true for. That's that's true for humanity. That's or you know, that's, or true for our society. It's not not necessarily true for or 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 um, unique to recovery, you know. But um, and I don't really, and I don't have a ho- an, an issue with the holidays as far as my recovery goes. Uh, it's just it, I don't I don't I just don't have that experience as far as struggling through the holidays. But the month of February is particularly <laughs> difficult for me. One, it's the month my dad died, and it's the month that I got arrested for, you know, for drugs. And I ground. I was in law enforcement for 21 years. Um, I was a crimes against children detective. Um, I worked on a lot of really bad cases, and um, one of those cases was um, Jessica Lunsford. And look her up. And um, February 2005, she was murdered. And uh, February is February is always heavy for me. I still keep in contact with her grandmother, you know. And it, it's 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 always, but I know it's coming. Like like I know I'm gonna get hit with heavy feelings in February. And um, prior to you know prior to me going into recovery, I I would just use more. And, and uh, you know, so that's that's not an option anymore, and uh, don't want it to be. And so now I just, you know, I will be more present minded, you know, more so than than probably normal. You know, I, I just I just try and stay present as much as possible. And I will, you know, as I start to feel that I, I'll get really depressed in February. That's just, that's you know, I don't get anxious or anything. I just I'll go really depressed. And I'll like recluse. And uh, so I just have to be mindful of that. But the biggest thing with 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 anything in recovery is is awareness of of what's going on. 
You know, Absolutely. so if you, if you know your, you know, if you know your, your issue is the holidays, if you know your issue is a certain month or, you know, or, or whatever, you know, awareness of that on the front end is really the first, the first way of getting, getting through it successfully. Because if you don't, if you don't know it's coming, if you don't realize it's coming or don't acknowledge that it's coming, uh, it's just going to steamroll you. Yeah, it's a lot of heavy stuff there. You're talking about you got coming up in in February, which is which is uh, rolling in pretty quick. Uh, it's always easier, it seems, to use or drink when it comes to stressful times. Bigger emotions create a bigger reaction. It seems when, it, especially when it comes to me. So when you went through, like you said, like Christmas and New Year's and those things weren't any issues for you. Did you show out, like, did, did you prepare yourself in any way? Where, or did you just, just kind of like plow through it? Or was like, did you use any tactics? You're like, okay, Christmas is coming up. It's one of those big drinking holidays. Did you avoid things or did you just stand in there and hold tight? I just saw holidays just never were an issue for me. Never a thing, eh? No, uh, I know people that to do that, that, you know, that, that's, it is for them, you know, but I just, and, and my addiction, I, my, I, I was an, I'm not an alcoholic. I, um, I got, uh, my drug of choice is, is opioid. Um, yeah. Or drug of non-choice now, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, and a lot of my, you know, my addiction came through an injury and pain and, you know, so I wasn't, my addiction wasn't a party addiction. Mm-hmm. Or a or happy addiction really it was a lot of depression addiction type but not addiction but depression related or or just trying to numb myself from some of the shit that I'd seen yeah no doubt um, and uh, so none of that really necessarily had to do with the holidays uh, I just never had, there was never an attachment to holidays and uh, addiction or none of it. Uh, like work. celebrations kind of thing right and a lot of the holidays that's a word is that a word a lot of the holidays <laughs> a lot of the holidays come with celebration right it's new new year's is a celebration christmas is a celebration thanksgiving is a celebration we have all of those coming up right now so that's why we're talking about these holidays. So we have some yeah, for like a lot of people to hear and talk about. So the holidays for for me, I did a lot of what Julie did. I kind of just hermited. I don't for New Year's. I don't miss it. I don't New Year's. I used to go to a New Year's party and there was booze all over the place this massive bar you had, I had my pick of whatever I wanted to drink. And I just drank all of the stuff. I found the hardest, neatest, weirdest stuff, but that was behind that bar and I drank it. And that was, you know, I, it was trying to find joy. It was, I kind of relate to Rachel a little bit, like being the entertainer and now like I don't even miss I don't miss that and the first New Year's that I went through I just didn't go and I was worried about miss I, I like I had a fear of missing out on on the party and the people and the and, and all of the things right and yeah I'm pretty sure on the first year I went to a virtual AA meeting that evening 
No, it was a virtual I am sober meeting. I went to. I am sober meeting. Yeah, yeah. On my first one. And that was great. I hung out with a whole bunch of people that weren't drinking. And we all celebrated New Year's Eve uh, on the same time. Uh, we were a whole bunch of little squares on Zoom, like we are right now. And from all over the world, we just celebrated sober. And that was my first That's sober cool. New Year's experience. And Christmas was with my family. I was super worried about that. And uh, Catherine, you talked about like the eggnog and the whiskey. And I always spiked my eggnog. That was a great way to you know, put a whole bunch of booze in a very small spot and consumes it very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, but I I tried to prepare. I, I wasn't too good at preparing myself like this is what I was going to drink, but I tried to prepare myself emotionally. What am I going to do if I feel uncomfortable? And yeah. And, then, yeah. and that was like my main kind of, plan or just complete avoidance like out of out of fear like you know what i just don't i just don't want to be there i'm gonna kind of protect myself from the environment not like Catherine, just dive right in whatever party woo! Yeah. Right? like that's i mean that's that's i'm and and there's a whole bunch of people that do things just like that i'm just saying it's pretty i think either way works depending on who you are and what works for you. You have to be. Yeah, I. Yeah, I needed to call my sponsor before I went somewhere. Like before, we'll say a holiday party for work. I call my sponsor. This is very in the very beginning. I call my sponsor before I went. Slip away. Call my sponsor during and be like, "Yeah, I'm okay." And then afterwards, call my sponsor again and say you know uh, and i also have had a sponsee who it wasn't at the event that she would end up drinking she's a chronic relapser it was the day after the event that she would drink you know and um for me it was getting through the first christmas the first Thanksgiving, the first New Year's, the first birthday, the first wedding. I mean, you name it. The first time I had to go to the store and not walk through the, you know, it for me, whether it's a holiday or a regular day, I was drinking 24-7 in the end. So every day was a celebration before I quit drinking. Um, so it was getting through my first that I could put under my belt and then know the next year when Christmas rolls around and I have a cup of coffee in my hand instead of a mimosa, which my mimosa was a glass of champagne with a splash of orange juice for color. Yeah. Just to <laughs> take it up a little bit, eh? A little bit. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so getting through that first one, I knew I could do it as many times as I needed to do it after I did it once. Mm -hmm. It's like, so a lot of the reasons that we drink or use or whatever, it's it's tradition, right? It's just drilled yeah. into us that Habit. birthdays <laughs> go with drinking and Christmas goes with drinking and New Year's goes with drinking and gosh, even depression goes with drinking, right? Um, and that's yeah. what we do. 
Um, and like you just said, you just got to make it through the first one. And for me, a big part, especially with the holidays, was making like new traditions. So the first year that I was sober on Christmas, my kids and I came up with this fancy like a mocktail type drink and we um you know rolled some cranberries in sugar and like it was super you know it was like like we went all out we like made fancy little ice cakes with rosemary in them and, and whatever um and that made it feel special and that became the new thing so the next year they were like we're making the drinks right and so it was kind of cool just to start looking for new ways to celebrate and as soon as you do it once yeah. It kind of becomes the new tradition. So I, that that was a really helpful thing in the beginning. And I never even meant to make that tradition, but that's just how it, it turned out. And so, yeah, I mean, in the morning now I wake up and have coffee instead of coffee spiked with peppermint schnapps. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> but how yeah, old were your kids at the beginning of your sobriety during that time? So I, my sobriety, I'm two, a little over two years sober, but okay. I quit prior to that. I was sober for about 14 months and then I had a year long relapse. So like back in the very first beginning, like the first 14 months, I think is when that particular thing happened. But I want to say they were like maybe 10 and 14, okay. 11 and 15, something like they that. They know what was going on. They actually had no idea what was going on. Uh, oh, okay. they didn't even like the fancy drink. They just liked the fancy drinks and it became a thing that we do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was good. And I think the more you can find things to do that make it special and create a new version of a tradition, you have something to look forward to. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And showing up prepared was like one of the only tips I got going into my very first sober Christmas. Show up with your own drink. That way, you know, when the only thing to drink there is wine or champagne or whatever, you have your own drink. And that was, I mean, it's such a basic tip and it's probably the most valuable one for me in any social situation. That's a good, that's a good point. I mean, I don't really, it's so, it's, it's so fascinating because I'm not an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic and I'm not because um, I had no problem going right to Oakshoyce. You know, I, I still had that that drive or whatever, but yeah, like when I was, when I went into, this isn't holiday related, I went into like and stuff and like all the rules, like no mouthwash, no this, no, like all these things, what? you can't have bag on toothpaste in here, you know? And it was like, no, it's because of the al- people with alcohol, like they'll drink it. I'm like, really? Like I was totally naive to all of that. And uh, so I I just want to acknowledge, like, what a struggle. And so, like, proud of you for getting through that because, like, mm-hmm. just some of the things that people just take for granted is off the table for one who is struggling with alcoholism. And, um, so, I don't know why I thought that, but it's really, it's really cool to see, you know, everybody doing well here. And because I, I know, where everybody was at at one point. Right. Well, it's a different world, right? Because alcohol is in your face all the time and we're like expected to drink it versus opioids. Like if you tell somebody, no, I don't use opioids anymore, they're going to be like, well, why not? Just have one. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah, an opioid bar around the, around the <laughs> Right. 
Well, yeah. So I was just talking to somebody, uh, and this could be related to the holidays. So I was, I was just talking to somebody who has uh, someone in their life that follow it, and they're but again and off again with their recovery, and and in a situation now where it's like uh, they're hanging out with somebody new, and that person is, you know, not I guess considering that this is bubbling with alcoholism, and so they're like feeding them alcohol, you know. And, um, so I was talking to this person about it and, and he's like, well, you know, it's just once in a while. And I'm like, well, would it be okay if you knew that once in a while I did heroin? And you know, like, no. So I, I'm, it sucks that that person can't do the alcohol thing, but that's their heroin. Like, no, you can't be doing that. It, it's only going to just go bad from there, you know? And, um, but, but this, yeah, it's, it's. You know, it goes bad for us too. Probably much like you. Like if you were to open the door again and just take one more, have some more heroin just once. You know what I mean? It's not really an option. Reminisce, right? You know, no, 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 exactly, right. And that's that's the whole thing with the holidays. Is the holidays that gets thrown in our faces? It's in on TV. It's on the advertisements. It's everywhere. It's it's on the shelves in the store when you walk by. It's or people give it to you as a gift. Yes. Right? And yeah. Yeah. Have, you uh, guys, have any of you guys received alcohol as yeah. a gift since you've been sober? Yeah, I got a bottle of Jack Daniels. Like, that's <laughs> you. Yeah. But I don't. At work, I had it arrived. I had a couple packages. I was a marketing director, and I had a bottle of wine show up, and I actually... <laughs> I kind of regret it now, but I, I was angry because... I was alone with a bottle of wine and I avoid that and all at all costs to be alone with alcohol and nobody knows it. And so I actually wrote to the company and I said I said something about maybe it's not appropriate to send alcohol to everybody. I don't know. I don't know if that was appropriate for me to do, but I was a little upset that I was put in that position, you know. It's a but part of the culture. It's a part of culture, yeah. You talk about uh, work things, work functions, right? Where I know our, I didn't go to uh, my Christmas work party on 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 the first year, nor the second year. I just didn't, uh, not to avoid the booze. It I it wasn't a place where I had fun. I didn't enjoy myself going there. So what was the point of going ahead and, and really putting myself in that position? It's not like I'm that important that without me there, it's yeah. just going to flop. That's not going to happen. You know, that's... I've uh, learned in my program, yeah, to check your motives before you go anywhere. Always figure out, am I going there because I'm going to have fun? Or am I going there because I think that somehow I can slip into a dark corner and grab a glass of wine or something like that. Or, you know, am I not going to have fun? Then don't go. It's okay to not go. Nobody's even going to realize that you're not there, really. I think... I think... Yeah. We're, we're probably going in the same say, direction. So go, go, go for it, Jill. It's always okay to not go. If you are struggling with addiction and you are afraid that showing up at your family... Christmas dinner is going to put you 
in a dangerous place, it's okay to not go. Like, we are really bad at giving ourselves permission because we're like, oh, I don't want to hurt so-and-so's right. feelings or, oh, I'm so, I'm expected to be there or whatever. That is like the most important thing that we can do is give ourselves permission to do what's the best for us. And if that means you, you know, call your family and just say, hey, huh, huh, I'm sick. I have COVID. You don't want me around, right? Whatever. <laughs> but give yourself permission to to call out of any event that you think is going to put you in a dangerous spot. I Thing. Absolutely. It's also important to have an escape plan. Anytime I went anywhere, I drove myself to any of, if it was a birthday party, uh, any of the holidays, I drove myself. And and if I I left when I was, there was times, uh, a wedding, it's not a holidays, but it's a celebration. Mm-hmm. I left. I, I left probably two hours too late. I was already done. I was already toast. I was already kind of checked out. I had had enough of the noise. I was all censored out. And I didn't give myself the permission to do that. And I got more irritated. I got more all of the things until I left the environment and kind of took a, a good deep breath. But I think the I am not important as I think I am. <laughs> goes a long way to helping me give myself permission, right? That expectation of, oh, I'm going to have to be there. They're going to miss me. They're going to, like, I, I could tell you the wedding that I left, that they don't care. Or do they remember that I left early? The Christmas party that I left early, they don't care that I left. You know, it's the night didn't get ruined because I wasn't, there the entire time i know if i drank i would have ruined that night i've ruined plenty of nights there was a piece of advice that and and it may have actually come from a conversation on this podcast but i'm gonna throw this out there because i think it's brilliant and i've used it since this woman showed up at a party thanked the hostess, told her how grateful she was that she was invited and let her know right then when she arrived, I might have to leave early. And that way, when she was ready to go, she could go. She didn't have to go find someone or explain why or deal with the, oh, come on, just stay another hour or two or or whatever. She just, you know, she, she said everything she needed to say to the hostess the minute she got there. And that way, when it was time to leave, she could just pack up and walk. Irish, Irish exit. exit. That's exactly. what she called it. Yeah. I could I could pull the Irish exit and she said, I said all of my thank yous to all of the people right when I got there. And then mm-hmm. she just got up and left the party when she was done. And you know nobody's gonna be offended if you've already said the thing. So I just thought that was a great yeah. piece of advice. And that works that not just good... in the holidays, but but anytime. Definitely. And what a relief to not have to close out every party. <laughs> like I was closing out every party. Right? <laughs> Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah. You, you don't. You get, I was just saying, you, you don't have to do like self-imposed immersion therapy. You know, you know, to, to, to kind of piggyback off what y'all were saying. Like, if you don't want to go, don't go. You know, I mean, you don't want to push away. You know, anything you push away it comes back at you. So, you know, you don't want to push away everything because it's it's going to come back to it's in the face. But you know when you go out to these parties and, and you do those things like that's like you might not have a hangover 
or because you were drinking because you're drinking but you might have a couple of days of heaviness just be, just to get through that uh you know just to process that party that you went to and you didn't drink you know i mean there's still some processing going on and, and you might still feel kind of crappy for a couple of days uh, but that's part of it like that's 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 the toll we pay and that's you know it's kind of like the rite of passage of getting getting through recovery you know just one of the biggest things that helped me in, in recovery in general was just just the but you got to really you got to realize it and then you got to focus on it is you know we were all in hell at one point right when we were at our lowest point it was hell and and we've had those feelings like, like you know you're in hell like this is the worst feeling in the world and you felt that and you need to feel that feeling because whatever that whatever you have within like whatever bad feeling you have within you you have the exact opposite of good feeling but it's like you can't but like that's just a law of physics like so as addicts and alcoholics we have driven ourselves to the lowest of lows but the the kicker is is we also have the, the highs within us right and it's really a blessing you know you know some people you know kind of muddle through life and like they have this happy life and, and they probably are happy but to have those like those real visceral feelings of just the lowest that you can get the highest that you can get is right there with you, you know as well but you gotta unlock that makes me appreciate the the joy and the peace and serenity a lot more than it ever has especially like just silence and smiles and the little things. I think that's what our recovery has probably blessed me with the most is enjoyment of the little things. I'm going to wrap this up, guys. I've learned to be a lot less selfish at any of these parties or any of these events than, than, than I ever was when I was drinking. And we talked about Christmas parties for work and preparing yourself for these events. Um, I think in the first year and the first time I know I went through these things, the very first time, birthdays, Christmas, it was the hardest, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I made it a lot more difficult in my own head. I told myself a lot bigger story, but it also helped me be prepared for the events. So being prepared, looking for new ways to celebrate, Julie, I love that one. That's like open your mind to a completely different way to experience that holiday. That there in itself is really beautiful. You, we can find that in so many different ways and cultures and, and, and just by sharing and talking with friends. Drinking is a part of our, our culture at these events. It just is. I think it's starting to not be a part of the culture with the the drinks like you talk about julia you can find those online there's laundry lists of ways to to make a whole bunch of fancy drinks and celebrate in a new way and there's a lot of peer pressure and internal pressure to show up and be present and be there and 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 be the old version of you that your family and friends kind of expect and a lot of the pressure for me came when I was showing up and I'm going, I'm not 
that drinking version of me anymore and I'm still discovering what that version of me is going to look like in those environments. That was probably the scariest thing for me, showing up and wondering what people were going to think. I want to say thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you, Catherine, for your time and your thoughts and your experiences tonight. Really appreciate you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank Thank you. you, guys. All right. To our listeners, as always, thank you so much for being here today. We wouldn't be here without you. And we just want you to know, as we head into the holidays, how grateful we are that you're a part of our journey and that you allow us to be a part of yours. From both Julie and myself, we wish you a genuinely fulfilling holiday season.